Sharks from the South Park Podcast. Sharks from the South Park Podcast. Cast Park Podcast. Sharks from the South Park Podcast. Outcast Shark Sharks from the South Park Cast. Sharks from the South Park Cast. Podcast Shark Pod Shark Park Park Podcast. Sharks from the South Park Podcast. Podcast Shark of the Podcast Shark. Podcast Shark. Pod. South Park Podcast Shark. South Park and South Park Podcast Shark Fun Podcast Fun Podcast Podcast Shark Shark Fun The South Park Podcast Shark Fun Season 7 of South Park. But before we can say goodbye to Season 7, I gotta review one last episode. Hey, this is Bill and you're listening to Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. And this episode is, like I just mentioned, the season finale of Season 7 of South Park. In which today uh, we'll be reviewing the 
Christmas episode. Yes, another Christmas episode. Uh, the episode is, it's Christmas in Canada. So, you know, nothing says the holidays more like Christmas in Canada, you know. Um, I, I gotta say, before I go into this, I actually remember watching this episode when it aired for the first time because a lot of big things had happened within the week from the previous episode, which if you guys did not listen to, you guys can go back and listen to what happened on last week's episode. But, you know, nothing gets me more excited than when a Christmas South Park episode comes, and um, every one that has been reviewed up to this point has ranged from pretty good to holy crap, it's fantastic. So, let's see how this one ranks in the list of South Park Christmas episodes. So, let's dive into this week's episode, the season finale. It is, It's Christmas in Canada. The episode originally aired on December 17th, 2003, just eight days before Christmas. And it was written and directed by Trey Parker. The episode begins at the Broflovsky house as they are celebrating the first night of Hanukkah when we get a knock at the door. And there are these two people. And there are these two people named Harry and Elise. And they are Canadian. To which Gerald goes, yes, I can tell. So they have come to see the son that they gave away, which is, which is Ike. So the mother sees him, and they call him Peter, which was his, we're finding out, was his original birth name. So the Canadian parents and Gerald and Sheila, they are having a conversation about what has happened, what is going on. And how they had to give Ike up during the Cola Wars in Canada. Okay, very interesting. So, Gerald and Sheila explain, or, well, the Canadian parents have come to take Ike back. Not to visit him, but to take Ike and go back to Canada with them. And... You know, it just doesn't work that way here in the U.S. Where, you know, once a child is adopted and they have given up the rights, that child is no longer theirs. But we are informed of a new prime minister in Canada and that he has created these laws. So... Gerald will take them to court. So they go to court. And the judge says that because the Cana because of this new Canadian law, the the rule cannot be overturned. So 
Ike is given to his original birth parents, which is which comes in a shock. So as they get Ike to go, Ike doesn't want to go. The parents are crying, and the dad's like, "I've got chocolate." So the dad bribes him with chocolate, and he's gone. And Kyle can't believe it. He no longer has a little brother. The parents are just in disarray. Meanwhile, the boys, the rest of the boys, are looking out the window at a toy store. They see some of the, you know, different things there, like an Okami Game Sphere. Remember that? Remember from the Towley episode? And Stan really wants a John Elway action figure that has karate chop ability. <laughs> oh my. Well, Kyle comes over and he tells them that it's been a week since Ike has been taken away from them and that his mother is becoming a zombie, looks like a zombie, walks like a zombie, and the dad just can't stop crying. And he thinks, Kyle does, that the only that if he can go to Canada and if he can get a chance to talk to the new Prime Minister of Canada, maybe he will be able to convince the new Prime Minister that, you know, give my brother back. And the guys are like, oh man, but I don't want, you know, I don't want to miss Christmas. I don't want to miss a great Christmas adventure, you know. And Cartman's like, no, I'm, I want my gifts. So then as Cartman leaves, he goes, Kyle, if it was any other time of the year, I still wouldn't help you. What a cold line, but a funny line in that one. So we go to Town Hall, and they light up the Christmas tree. No Jimmy joke here this year where Jimmy tries to sing. Um, and they discuss about how the Barofalovskis are having a tough time during this holiday season, and they ask the people how can they help Kyle's family. So Mr. Garrison raises his hand, and he asks... Can we get rid of all the Mexicans? To which the mayor's like, Mr. Garrison, you ask to get rid of the Mexicans every year, and we tell you the same thing every year. No, we're not getting rid of the Mexicans. Drats. So then, Chef has this idea of, why don't we, instead of spending money on presents, give all of the money the Broflovsky family so that way they can go to Canada and they can see the Prime Minister so at first Carmen's like yeah right that's gonna happen and then his mom's like that's not a bad idea and all the parents get along and they come to the conclusion that instead of spending money on gifts they're going to give all the money to the Broflovskis to help get their, you know, to get their child back. To which we see Clyde crying, which was good. Not the last time you're going to hear somebody cry in this episode. So then Kyle walks along and Cartman is pissed. 
He's like, you ruined Christmas! You ruined Christmas! And so, you know, they explain the whole thing to Kyle. And they're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to go We're gonna go to Canada. So Kyle makes a call. Who does he call? Well, we'll find out in a minute. Now we go to city work. Because the city work guy is there. And he's sad because... Nobody ordered Chinese food at Christmas time. And then the phone rings. Oh boy, business! Welcome to Shady Walk. So Kyle is the one who calls him. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was the number to City Airline. And he's like, oh, oh hold on, please. So he changes it. He changes the sign to City City Airline. She Airline, how may I help you? What can I take your order? So we get this good scene where Kyle says that he needs an airplane and it's going to be four people that are going to ride on this plane to go to Canada. So the original price for four tickets to Canada is $6,000. $6,000. So then Kyle's like, $50. $50? No, no $50. Say down dollar. $52. You must damn I do it. So they go back and forth to where eventually they do settle on a price. $62. $62. So while they were going down the runway at the airport, Car uh, Cartman has everyone synchronize their watches because there's 52 hours until Christmas. So... Carmen wants to get back in time so he can have his gifts. And Stan wants to get back in time so he can have a Christmas adventure. So the guys get on the airplane. And the city walk airman or uh, owner is like, This is your captain speaking. Welcome to City Air Ryan. You would, if you could, please put your seatbelts on. But we do not have seatbelts on here in the airport or in the airplane. Please have a good ride. So, they have no seatbelts on this very small airplane. This can only get better. So, we come back from commercial, and everybody is asleep in the plane, including the pilot. And then the plane starts to take a nosedive. It starts to go out of control. And the pilot jumps out of the plane, which, shock, which shocks everybody. So Kyle takes control of the plane, or at least makes an attempt to take control of the plane, and the plane crashes into the ground. Well, fortunately, nobody got hurt in that. But then they get up, and they take a look, and they're like, where are we? To where we get a very good line from Stan, where he's like, Kyle, I don't think we're in America anymore. So we get this Wizard of Oz-like land. And the one person asks, Are you invading us? And they're like, No, we're not invading you. Okay, it's okay. Everyone can come out. So everybody comes out, and they are in Canada. And they sing about being in Canada. When all of a sudden, here comes Scott. Yes, Scott. Because, you know, Scott's a dick. So he scares away the Canadians 
and he comes because he sees that the boys are there and that Americans are trying to take over Canada. But, you know, they're not really coming to take over or take over Canada as we know. But he's keeping a very close eye on them. So, Kyle explains that he wants to go see the new Prime Minister of Canada. And, you know, they ask, well, how do we get there? And one of the Canadians says, follow the road. Which road? This road. It's the only road in Canada. And then we get this great song. Follow the only road. Follow the only road. Follow, 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 follow the only road. (laughs) Which is so great. So we have learned that there is only one road in Canada. Only one. So they go on this road and they start to walk to try to get to Canada or to get to uh, to get to Ottawa to see the new prime minister. So then as they're walking, they meet a Mountie by the name of Rick. And Rick is on a sheep. <laughs> so Rick explains that because of the new prime minister's rules, They've he's taken away all the horses for the Mounties and instead have given them <laughs> what an odd prime minister this is. So they tell them or they tell Rick that they're gonna go see the new prime minister and that he wants to join them. So they begrudgingly accept his coming with them. So as they're walking, Scott's keeping an eye on them in a secret location. Never find out where it is. So, then the boys, they enter into French Canada. And we get this fun little song about how French Canada is the best Canada. And that all the other Canada, other parts of Canada are just weird. So then we get this mime who talks um and they say that the new prime minister of canada has taken away their wine they can no longer drink wine so he wants to go to canada to get to get the wine back to be drunk in french canada So, the mime ends up joining them to go to see the new prime minister. And then they go into Newfoundland, which is very weird considering Ottawa is like like the the Ontario uh, part of Canada is right next to the Quebec part. So, it's, it's very interesting. So, then Scott pops out again. And he, you know, he tells them to stop. They're not going to go see the Prime Minister of Canada. When we see a fisherman come out. And he tells them that if he doesn't get off of his property, he is going to call the police and Scott's going to get arrested. So we meet a Newfoundlander. His name is Steve. And he's a fisherman. So they they tell him about... You know, they're going to go meet the new prime minister. And he's like, oh, I want to meet the new prime minister too, eh? You know, I, I want to talk to him because, uh, you know, sodomy can no, is no longer legal here in Newfoundland. 
I want to go see the new prime minister, eh? So then they tell, so now they're going to go to Ottawa. They're going to go see the new prime minister, except there's one problem. Ottawa is to the left. They went all the way to the right. So the guys are very upset. And Carmen at this point, he's about ready to fight Kyle. He's about ready to fight Kyle. When Steve has a boat. Yes, Steve has a boat. So everybody gets on the boat. And they take this ride down the river to go see the prime minister. So, now we are in Ottawa, and we are now going to see the new prime minister. So they, go into, so they go to the parliament, they knock on the door, and they knock, and they have a gardener. Yes! We'd like to see the new prime minister of Canada. Mm-mm, not allowed, won't happen. So then the Canadian guys are like, oh, we gave it our best, but our best wasn't good enough, eh? So then Kyle tries again, and the guard is like, I'm sorry, he's not here. He has gone on a business trip to business trip to China to see all the other prime ministers. So then Kyle realizes that this is it. So he starts to cry because he's not gonna get his little brother back anymore. And then Carmen starts to cry because he's not going to get any more present, or he's not going to get presents. And then Stan starts to cry because he's not going to get a Christmas adventure. And Kenny starts to cry because, well, I'm not really sure why Kenny starts to cry. He was mumbling a little bit. So then the guard sees him start crying and he's like, okay, okay, I'll let you in, I'll let you in. So everybody comes in and they go to see the new Prime Minister of Canada. Well, it's a giant Canadian floating head. So he starts talking and Scott gets involved and he's... Because all Kyle wants is to have his brother back. That's all he wants. But, you know, because of the new law where... um. You know, they, they have these laws, the, the new law for not, um, for, for them, you know, not, uh, or, yeah, excuse me, <laughs> you know, for the Canadian babies to go back to their birthright parents. So, then, you know, the Canadian Prime Minister gets so mad that he uses his laser powers. Again, don't ask me why. So he uses his laser powers and he kills Kenny. Yes, he killed Kenny. Oh my god, they killed Kenny, you bastard. So as the Canadian Prime Minister is explaining what's going on, or, you know, why these new laws are into effect. Kyle sees that there's a curtain over there. And he goes, and he pulls the curtain back, and it's Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein is the new Prime Minister of Canada. And the Canadian people are like, wait a minute. He came back to try to take Canada over again. 
Because all the way back in season two, if you remember, Saddam Hussein tried to take over Canada. But it begs to you know it begs to ask this question. Because if you remember a while back, I want to say it was season four. Saddam Hussein is condemned to spend the rest of eternity in heaven with the Mormons. How did he get out of that to get to Canada? Very weird. So, the Canadians get him out of a spider hole, and basically they've captured Saddam Hussein. So, because of this, all the laws, all the new laws, no longer go into effect. So the Mounties are able to have their horses, the French Canadians are allowed to have their wine, and Steve the Fisherman can now practice sodomy. So then we get a poignant moment where Ike's original parents see that Kyle really cares about their kid, and they let Ike choose who he wants to go with, and he goes with Kyle. But then the clock, or the watch, starts beeping. The 52 hours has passed. Cartman has missed Christmas. Cartman has missed getting brand new presents for Christmas. And he's pissed again. So that's it. It's time to fight. It is time for Cartman and Kyle to fight. And Carmen's going to lay it down, and he's going to kick Kyle's ass. And Carmen takes a really cheap punch from Kyle. Like, it wasn't really a punch. It was almost like a backhanded slap. And Cartman has one of the greatest cries you will ever hear in the history of South Park. I'm not going to do the noise, because I want you guys to be able to listen. But... This cry is so funny. It is absolutely hilarious. So then the Canadian Mounties like, well, guys, you know, you can spend Christmas with us. So they have this parade in downtown Ottawa, and it's like, ding dong, we caught Saddam. Americans, they have caught Saddam. So at the end of the episode, the boys are on Santa's sleigh. Kyle is with Ike once again. Cartman has got a bloody nose and here's Stan a little depressed and he's like huh oh well I guess next year I'll have a Christmas adventure and that is the end of it's Christmas in Canada and more importantly the end of season 7 of South Park so where does this episode rank so at this point we are at the sixth Christmas episode. This is the sixth one. Um, we, Fro and I combined, we have done the other five. Um, I think if this had to be ranked for me at this point, because there's still, as of right now, two more Christmas episodes. I thought the next one was the last one, but there's actually another one, so got at least two more Christmas episodes. Um, I would say 
this would be third or fourth on my list because I think of the six that I that the show has done here. Merry Christmas, Charlie Manson is the worst one. It, it, I mean, it's a good episode, but it's not really that good. Then I would say the Christmas classics would be fifth. Then I'd go a very crappy Christmas. Yeah, I'll say It's Christmas in Canada right now is number three on this list. Only behind Red Slake Down and the original Christmas episode. So I, I'd, I'd put it at number three as of right now. But like I said, we have two other Christmas episodes yet to come. So what did I think about the episode as a whole? Well, I gotta say that I like the idea of doing a Christmas story where the focus is based on a Jewish family. And in this case, trying to get a family back together for Christmas. And what a better way to do it than by doing it in the style of The Wizard of Oz, which is beyond a doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt, one of the most famous movies of all time, one of the most beloved movies of all time. Uh, it's 79 years old as of this recording. Uh, next year will be the 80th anniversary of the release of the movie. And I think they did it in a very well-tasted way. I thought this was very well done. I thought it was very good. There were some good jokes in this episode. Um, I'm going to give this a very solid eight. It's almost an eight and a half, but I'm going to give this a very strong eight out of ten. So, where did the I... Well, actually, before I get into where the idea of this episode came from, I, this should be mentioned, that this episode, this episode of South Park, ends up getting nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award the next year for the best animated show um, for one hour or less. It did not win the award. Um, it did not win the award. Let me tell you what the other nominees were and the episode that they, or the episodes that they were up against. The show that won the Emmy was Samurai Jack for The Birth of Evil. That that is the cartoon that beat South Park to win this award. Also nominated were the were uh, were Futurama for The Sting, The Simpsons for The Way We Weren't, and SpongeBob SquarePants for SpongeBob BC. So those were the other cartoons that were nominated with South Park that year. And Samurai Jack ended up being the winner for that particular year. So, but as we're going to start to see in the very near future, South Park's going to get nominated a lot. And South Park's going to start to win some Emmy Awards here. So... We're going we're to be taking a look at a lot of award-winning and award-animated or award-nominated South Park episodes coming up in the very near future. Now, where did the idea come from of this episode? Well, 
Saddam Hussein was caught the Sunday before this episode aired, providing the perfect ending to the story. It was the seventh season, or was the seventh season's final reference to event to events in Iraq, to which Trey Parker said, "Quote: I think you could really call this the Iraq War season." And I do remember uh, the day that it was reported that Saddam Hussein was caught. I do remember that day so well. And Saddam Hussein, I'm not trying to give sympathy to Saddam Hussein, but he looked so pathetic, so sad um, when he got caught. But it was such a shock because it was like, oh my god, we, we actually got Saddam Hussein. It, it, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. But Saddam Hussein was captured. He would eventually be found guilty and then hung three years later. And this is the last episode where we ever see Saddam Hussein again. Saddam Hussein never comes back into South Park again. Speaking of never coming back, Eliza Schneider, this is her final episode in South Park. She leaves the show due to pay concerns. Um, she will be replaced in season eight by April Stewart. So, this is Elijah Snyder's last episode. And let me tell you what Eliza has been up to since then. Um, as far as TV-wise goes, she was on the show called Squirrel Boy, was in Popzilla, and was in an episode of Batman the Brave and the Bold. Uh, she has done plenty of video game work, uh, as far as voiceover work goes. Um, and she's done um, mostly television. She hasn't done movies, but it's mostly been video game work, some TV work but mostly it has been video game work. Excuse me. So, that is what Eliza Schneider has been up to now. Um, one other one other thing, then we're going to get to IMDb. This is the first Christmas episode without Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh in any way, shape, or form. So, where are you, Mr. Hanky? I miss you. I miss you. Alright, let's get to IMDB and let's see what people thought of this episode. Of almost 1,400 people who are registered and have given a rating, the average rating for this episode is a 7.8 out of 10. 265 people gave this episode a 10. 180 people gave us a 9, 389 people gave it an 8, that's going to be the score that I'm going to be giving it, and 26 people gave this episode a 1. Uh, to break it down for demographics, over a thousand men who are registered on IMDb have um, rated this episode, the average rating is a 7.7, 97 females gave this a rating, its average rating is a 7.9 out of 10. So, 
we're sort of close to meeting the medium. We have two reviews of this episode. First one is from Gangsta Hippie. Gangsta Hippie wrote, Christmas, oh, and, and this was written on Christmas Day, 2008, by the way. Christmas at Canada is the se- uh, is the season seven Christmas episode of South Park. It's also a sort of spoof of the Wizard of Oz. Ike's real parents want to take him back to Canada after a new law has been passed by the new Prime Minister of Canada. Instead of spending money on presents, everyone decides to give Kyle's family money so they can help get Ike back. To stop this, Kyle and the boys must travel to Canada in hopes to talk to the Prime Minister. Along the way, they meet different Canadians such as French Canadians who want wine to be legalized again, Mounties who want horses instead of sheep, and a Newfoundlander. The episode has an interesting twist as well. This is a pretty funny and good Christmas episode. Not the best, and not the worst either. Very good review there. Other review is from Explorer DS6789, and this is quite a lengthy one. So, Explorer DS writes, The Broflo er, Braslov er, Kyle's family is having a lovely Hanukkah night, when suddenly they are visited by two Canadians who claim to be Ike's biological parents. At first, it seems they're just here for a visit, but they actually intend on taking Ike back with them. Gerald and Sheila say no way in hell, but the Ginses say that the new Canadian Prime Minister has ruled that adopted Canadian children can be taken back if the parents change their minds. So the family has to bid a sad farewell to Ike as he is taken home to Canada. What's more, the mayor addresses the town on this issue, and while Mr. Garrison's persistent suggestion of getting rid of the Mexicans is shot down, Chef suggests everybody give the money we're going to use for Christmas to Kyle's family. The other adults agree, but the kids are not in favor of this, especially Cartman. Kyle suggests they all go to Canada to see the Prime Minister themselves. Cartman is adamant about being back in time for Christmas, and Stan doesn't want to miss out on some great Christmas adventure. Of course, especially since last week he got dumped by Wendy. So they call City Airlines, owned by Duan Lu Kim of City Work, and they hire his plane for $62. His rickety plane gets them into Canada, but crashes before much longer. They're instantly greeted by the colorful Canadians, as well as Scott, the local dick. The boys are pointed down the road to Canada, where the Prime Minister lived. It would be an easy trek, as Canada only has one road. Along the way, they meet a Mountie who had his horses taken away by the Prime Minister and now had to ride a sheep. Then they meet a French-Canadian mime who was robbed of his wine and a Newfoundlander who is forbidden to perform sodomy. It's at this point the boys realize they were going the wrong way. Down the only road in Canada. Fortunately, the Newfoundlander has a boat which gets them to Ottawa. The door guard to the PM's palace tells them to get lost, so Kyle, Carmen, and Stan sit and sob about their plights, ne- about never getting his brother back, not being home in time for Christmas, and not having a Christmas adventure, respectively. The guard lets them in, and they meet the Prime Minister, the Great and Powerful. 
He listens, tells them to get lost, and zaps the life out of Kenny. Kyle wonders why this Prime Minister was so belligerent and heartless. Stan discovers it's an imposter, Saddam Hussein. And so Saddam is arrested. The boys miss Christmas back home, but are invited to participate in the parade. Stan hopes that maybe they will have a Christmas adventure next year. As you all may know, this episode aired a few days after Saddam Hussein was captured for real, hiding in a spider hole with a full beard. How very typical, but creates a vast hole in this show's con continuity. I wonder what the original ending was before they inserted Saddam. Anyway, in reality, Saddam was executed in 2006 and the world is still glad to get rid of him. This episode was not one of their best, but it's okay for what it is. Could have done without the Wizard of Oz spoof. I mean, we've never seen one of those before, right? And where's Mr. Hanky? He could have been the Toto of the group. But criticisms aside, I like this episode's message about adoption and family, and sadly, and for some stupid reason, it is legal for biological parents to change their minds and reclaim their children, even if adopted. It's screwed up and needs to be stopped. So enjoy Christmas in Canada for what it's worth, and Merry Christmas, buddy. Okay, I, I want to go back in this review, because there is a hell of a sentence in that review. What was the original ending? I would love to know. What was the original ending to this episode before Saddam Hussein was captured? I, and I have, like, I, I mean, like, I'm a South Park fan, and I've wondered that myself for years. What would it, what was the original ending? What was the original ending for this episode? The only thing I can think of now, and I could be wrong, maybe somebody has a theory, maybe a better theory, maybe somebody has information, the only thing I can think of is Scott was the new Prime Minister. That's the only thing I can think of, and that he had some kind of difficulty with Americans and he wanted to do this. That's the only thing I could think of. Other than that, I have no idea what the original ending was going to be, what it would have been. I don't really know. I just don't know. But hell of a question. Great job on that question. So, what did I think about Season 7 as a whole for South Park? Well, I could say right off the bat they had two fantastic episodes. Two episodes that I gave a 10 during the season. I'm a Little Bit Country, which was their 100th episode, and Christian Rockhard. Uh, I feel for the most part they had more ups and downs. There were some episodes that weren't really good. The Jennifer Lawrence and Ben Affleck episode is a perfect example of them not that not being a good episode at all. But I think for the most part, this is a good season. They reached a milestone with the 100th episode. They went in a different route. They stuck to the same way. And until the last episode of the season, Kenny doesn't get killed. Which is sort of a nice little reference. A nice twist here for once. Um, I think... I think if I had to rank it at this point, 
in time. I'd have to put it in the middle. Probably would be number four. Because I think season three was their best one. Then season one. And then I'd go six would be third. So I'd put this in the middle. It would be my fourth place for best uh, season. Uh, Then... Ooh, no, wait a minute. There's so many to choose. Season 4 was good. 3 was great. I love Season 3. Um. Ooh. Wow, I'd have to really think on that one. Maybe that'll be discussed in another episode. So anyway, uh, let me wrap this up, and then I'll tell you guys what I got in store in the near future. You can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97. You could join the official Facebook group of the show, Sharks Pond South Park Podcast. Type that in the search bar. You are right there. And if you can't find it for any reason, click on the link in the description box, and you are right there. And please visit my Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Bill's World of Podcasts. Now... Taking a break in between the seasons like we've always done since the beginning. Um, and next week, Fro and I, we are going to do one more movie review. This is, as of right now, the last movie review that we are going to do. Because we are going to review 2004's Team America World Police. And it's sort of ironic. It's perfect timing because season eight starts in 2004, so it's it's going to be a busy year for Trey and Matt. So next week, Fro and I we're going to review Team America: World Police, and that's going to be as of this moment our last uh, movie review. And then later on down the line, there will be something to replace these movie reviews. I'm not going to tell you what it is right now, but I think you guys are going to like it when I get to it. And then. In two weeks, uh, season eight will begin, and I will be reviewing the episode Good Times with Weapons. And of course, during this time as well, uh, Fro and I, we will be giving our thoughts on the newest episodes of South Park, which you guys can listen to right here. And we'll give our, our quick thoughts on the new episodes, give unofficial scores, and go from there. Hope you all enjoyed this season finale of South Park. And until next time, I'm Bill, and you've been listening to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast.